0: This
1: is life.
0: This is life. 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 life 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 This is life with Lisa Williams
1: So Pam Peoples is someone that I met when I was doing some coaching of air talent in Christian Radio and um, usually when I wake up in the morning I don't really turn on the radio I just get up and slowly have coffee and think about life and my day and but when I was working I would some mornings have to get up and turn on Tim and Pam and listen, because that was part of my job. <laughs> I found myself so drawn to Pam. I would often just stop and look at whatever was playing the radio, you know, off of my computer and go, that was good. She's, <laughs> she's good. Um, and so then, you know, we just, we're friends, aren't we? We became, we became friends, didn't we, Pam? We're wonderful friends,
0: and I think we're kindred kindred spirits, and um, I just love you, Lisa, and I love your heart for the Lord and for people, and I think that's one of the main reasons we connect on such a deep level.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, and it's like, for me, I'm, I'm real, I'm kind of a geek. Um, when someone's on the radio, it, it doesn't matter that I've been on the radio, or it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm kind of nerdy, so I'm like, oh, wow, Pam and I are friends. I'm cool. <laughs> She was on the radio. Uh, Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, I'm just Pam. (laughs) But but nonetheless, we got to spend a lot of serious time together talking about the art of radio and um, the heart of what Pam did on the radio that I thought was so compelling. And so I enjoyed that time so much. And then Pam decided that there was a season change and ended up leaving WBGL and that's kind of where I want to pick up because I know some people who know you well from your years on WBGL would love to hear, you know, just some of the story of, you know, what you've been doing since you left.
0: Sure. You know, I was at WBGL and blessed to be there for nine years. I just loved my season there and working with Tim Sinclair and all the wonderful people there. But about four or five months before I actually resigned, Lisa, I started to get this nudge from God and I almost dreaded it. I knew what it was. It was a change of seasons, like you said, and God saying, okay, it's time To leave and to step down. And, you know, one of the things that I learned from that, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but when you decide to follow Jesus, sometimes you think it's just that one big decision, but God constantly reminds me that it's a constant decision, maybe Mm -hmm. even a decision that we have to make every day. And it was time, you know, for me to make that decision again. Am I going to follow God? Even if it's difficult because I was loving life there and loving where I was. And, you know, everything about it was good, but. I, I knew that God was saying, okay, it's time to get out of the boat. And it was very much that whole boat situation for me because I had a great job working with great people. And I also had the other side of it in that I had a great need because um, if you don't know me, my husband and I have five kids and we're in that season where we're going to have two in college again. And you know, you're know you looking at the budget and you're, and you're looking at life and right. a grocery bill <laughs> <laughs> With all these boys that are always hungry, and it just didn't make sense. But you know, at least the nudging it didn't go away. And I and I wish I could say that I was like you know Peter. You know that um, story in John twenty one when it talks about Peter, and as soon as he heard the Lord's voice, you know they said Peter put on his garment and he jumped out of the boat. Yeah, he was so yeah. anxious. To get to God and and to do God's will, but that wasn't me. I struggled, sure. um, like I often do, and I struggled and maybe even fought with God because it didn't make you know sense to me. Um, but we live in this upside down kingdom where things don't always make sense, and so I took the big step and I um, left the ministry there at WBGL without knowing what was next.
1: I love it. Those are the kind of stories where it's like oh, okay, we like to have control. You know, like, (laughs) here's my plan. Here's my five-year plan. (laughs) Here's Mm -hmm. my 10-year plan. And I'm leaving this job for this job. But to be led by the Spirit and to wrestle with God, these are all real things that when you are... And it's what I want for everybody. To, that's why I like Pam. You know, she's a, she's a good person to look towards. Like, this is how you do it. You know, you press in, oh. you know him, you listen to him. It doesn't always mean that you're like, of course I'll do, I'll move to India. That's not a problem at all. <laughs> if you wrestle with it, like I'm comfortable. Yeah. This makes sense to me. Why would you ask me to, to move? And yet, and yet. So you follow yeah. God. And so what yeah. has been happening? Because how long ago was that?
0: That was that in asked? December of yeah. 2014. And so, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to follow God and it's going to be easy. You know <laughs> how you think that. And it's just, but we forget that the, the the cross can be this ugly, rugged thing that you have to bear. And so it, there was an interim period and I started to get a little bit nervous. And I'm like, God, it's been four or five months and I, I don't know what I'm I'm going to do yet and, you know, all of that. And then I got a call um from a pregnancy resource center and I had no idea what it was about and I had no inkling, like God always says this to me. It's always outside of my imagining. And um, long story short, Lisa, they offered me a position as the project director for Mercy's Refuge. And Mercy's Refuge is a facility, it's a faith-based facility for women in crisis, including women that are survivors of abuse or sex trafficking or have life-controlling issues. And here's the neat part about it. My heart just leapt when they said that because I feel like That's just such a great part of my DNA, almost what my purpose is in life. I've always had this deep passion for those that are in crisis or those that are forgotten, you know, by society or the world. And it was like God was saying, see, when you open up your hands and surrender, I'm going to fill your hands with your deepest desires. And so it's been Overwhelming to see what God is doing through this ministry and in my life, and even bringing up some things in my life, Lisa, that need needed healing. So it's been really, really cool.
1: Oh, that's really good. I have chills just listening to you, uh, because one, I love Pam, and I wanted to know what happened, but two, this just sounds like God. Even the waiting period that you had, where you were kind of waiting, like what—that was a good time of refining and being still. And Mm -hmm. then you said when we open up our hands and surrender – and then that's when he fills it up. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's, that's exactly good. what I said. And, you know,
0: and <laughs> that's good. like you talked about a little bit earlier, Um, if you're like me, I, I have a little bit of a control issue. I like to know the plan and, you know, know how things are going to work out. And it just doesn't work that way with God. And I just wanted to hold on and maybe even help God fix it. Like <laughs> I could help God fix it. But he was like, nah, that's okay. I've got this. And so when I finally just released it to him and said, God, you know, whatever you want, I'll do whatever you want, even if it doesn't make sense. And um, so I ended up, like I said, taking this position at Mercy's Refuge. And Lisa, it has been so much more than I ever imagined. Um, God is just bringing um, in my path some really, um, some people that have experienced some great brokenness and and need ministry. And um, God is also in the process of Allowing me to minister to these people, um, ministering to me and healing some deep wounds and bringing up some things that I've hidden for many, many years. And so it's been neat as I look at the curriculum and things that we're going to be doing with the women that God has been speaking to my heart as well. And, um, one of the biggest things that I've learned is just the harm of, of, um, the hidden things in our life. And the harm of wearing the mask that we wear um, as God's women and trying to put on this uh, persona of perfection or having it all together and just what damage that does in the kingdom. And I, I call it, God gave me this, Lisa, I call it lessons from Mama Jones's living room.
1: Lessons from Mama Jones. Lessons from what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> okay, yeah,
1: this it, is good um, because I asked Pam specifically when I knew she was going to be talking with us. Give us an update since she left WBGL, and then what is God doing in your heart, Pam? I just have to know. I want to hear. So I that think that that's what this is, right? This is what's going on right now with you.
0: Yeah, and yeah. you know what I like to call it, Lisa. Lessons from Mama Jones's living room, and that's my mama, Mama Jones. And I grew up in a, a very wonderful African. American home that was traditional in a lot of ways and I don't know if you had this room Lisa but when I grew up in the 60s we had the grown folks room and it was the room with a plastic on the furniture yeah you know and mom (laughs) kept it it was immaculate it looked like it was from a magazine well that's because no one was ever allowed in there yeah you know and it just had this look of perfection but it wasn't a fun room to be in it was the room that if you sat on the sofa, your thighs would stick to it, you know, <laughs> that room. And, um, you know, God has just been showing me that people don't want to be in that room and they don't need to be in that room where things appear to be perfect. People need to see your struggles and we need to be honest about who we are and where we're at. and. You know, it's more like at my house, I have this room where the boys just romp around and I have the five guys and they're stinky and sweaty (laughs) and they love to wrestle in that room and, you know, watch TV and play video games, whatever. But that's where the memories are made and that's where the life is. And, you know, God just showed me that's what people want. They just want genuine Christianity where you're real about where you're at and where you're going through. And it helps them so much more than that perfect room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I know
1: exactly what you're saying, but yet we get this lie in, in Christian circles that now you're a Christian. And what that means is you're perfect. And so you have to look perfect and act perfect. Don't swear. Don't smoke. Don't do anything wrong. Golly. Don't even have hmm. bad thoughts. And it's like, you can't, you can't live there and nobody wants it. So it's yeah. fake, fake, fake. Yet he's close to the brokenhearted. It says, yeah. you know? So.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I really don't believe Lisa that that's what God has for us. That sounds more like to me, like religion. It's just a different form of what we were already doing. We're just trying to be good. Um, and God has already taken care of that. You know, um, I, um, I, one of my favorite things is, you know, we, we don't, we don't have to do what's already been done on the cross. And in doing that, we just live our life in vanity, you know, and I don't want to live my life that way. I, I want to, you know, understand and accept Jesus as my savior every day that he's already taking care of everything and everything. And I don't have to prove anything. And, and, um, you know, God has really like just been pulling back the layers in my life of things that have been hidden, um, in, in my story, things that I have, um, covered up with maybe just the, um, phrase forgiveness, you know, I've been forgiven of that. So I don't ever need to speak about that. But I have found that as I speak about my struggles, and my heartache, and my failures, that people are just kind of coming out of the woodwork and sharing their like story. And one of the greatest things that God is doing in my life, Lisa, is allowing me to share my story that was probably ugh, 25, or hmm, gosh, how old am I? 50, 25 or years. <laughs> Uh, old, it was when I was in college, and um, I met my husband, and you know this the story is um, similar to a lot of Christian women, actually, uh, one in three Christian women. Most of them don't want to talk about it if you're like me. And when I was in college, like I said, I met my husband Owen, and I was a Christian, but I wasn't rooted. Um, in the faith. I really didn't understand what it meant or had a relationship with God. So when I met my very handsome um, husband who didn't know the Lord, I was kind of out of my league. And long story short, we found ourselves in a sexual relationship without knowing what to do. And tragically, I made the awful decision to terminate um, that pregnancy when I found out that I was pregnant. Well, as we know, God redeems all things. And we both... um, you know, dedicated our life to the Lord and uh, started to live for him, got married and moved on, you know. Um, And I understood that God had forgiven me of that, but I never really dealt with it. And I definitely didn't want to talk about it. Right? Um, Because if you're like me and you've gone through that tragedy, And particularly if you're a Christian woman sitting in church, you can kind of feel like the enemy in the camp, you know, when people are talking about pro-life issues and the importance of life and sanctity of life. And here you're sitting with this shame because, you know, you've been on the other side. And so women don't want to talk about it, even though, you know, we're there. And so God has allowed me to, you know, begin sharing this story through this ministry and helping other women that um, are suffering, you know, um, through post-traumatic abortive symptoms and things of that nature. And it's been good. It's been really rich. It's been healing for me. And one of the things that I think is so true, Lisa, is that um, someone said to me, God can use your deepest pain for your greatest ministry. And that's something I think we all should remember, that when you go through things in life. Um, whether you're responsible or not, or you experience some trauma or, you know, some um, deep heartache in life, God can take that heartache, that hurt, that mistake, and turn it around and make it um, into your greatest ministry if you allow Him to.
1: Wow. So brave, so bold, so broken and honest mm-hmm. and so needed. That you would look someone in the face and say, me too. I needed a savior. I need a savior mm-hmm. every day. I'm broken right. too. Instead of, right. I'm, I'm so perfect. Come sit on my plastic couch. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Instead. So I'm, I'm really thankful that you shared that <laughs> with me and everyone listening. And I know, I know for a fact. That there is going to be someone who listens and says, "Me too," you know. That's what someone's thinking right this very second, and that you're so, uh, you're so beautiful and you're so proactive in ministry <laughs> and you're so um, accomplished, and yet you're able to say, "Here's my story." That's huge. Don't stop, uh-huh. Pam.
0: Don't stop. <laughs> well, okay. Well, thank you, Lisa. And like yeah. I said, you know, it it's God, and it it took me getting to the point where I was ready to surrender. God has been ready all along to bless me with these things. He was just waiting for me to hand over my brokenness, my dreams and all of the things that I was hanging on to. And when I did, um, you know, I have to say it, it's been the biggest adventure of my life. So I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for God that his grace is always before us each and every day. You know, sometimes we look back and we say that I've been forgiven, you know, I'm forgiven by grace, but he's just showing me each and every day that his grace is before me as well. And I'm thankful for that. Well, thank
1: you for being my friend. Oh, thank
0: you for being my friend. I (laughs) love you so much. I love you too. I love what you're doing and I hope you never stop.